Welcome to Sex Ed for Adults. Now, before we get started, I, I want to warn you. These sermons are going to be very TVMA, okay? We're going to talk about sexual stuff openly and directly. So if you've got little ones with you who you think might, it might be a little early for this kind of stuff, this is a great opportunity to check out our wonderful children's ministry. Okay, you've been warned. So, do you remember your sex ed class? And maybe fifth, sixth grade, those awkward diagrams, those uncomfortable conversations about how you're changing down there. And if your class was like mine, the focus was mostly on biology. Well, here in River Life Sex Ed, we're going to move beyond just biology. And we're going to talk about our theology, our humanity, our identity, and our sexuality. So why the broader perspective? Well, because our world today has an unprecedented number of sexual activity options that are available to every one of us. So I started making a list. Here's a list of 20 different sexual activities that are available to any one of us. So are you ready? It's about to get very uncomfortable in here. Intercourse, oral sex, anal sex, sexual touch, sexual role play, use of sex toys, masturbation, porn videos, porn animations, porn live chat, uh, strip clubs, prostitutes, TV and movies with sex or nudity, video games with sex or nudity, romance novels with sexual content, online sex stories, sexual humor, hookups, taking nudes, sexting. And that's just a start. That's just 20 that I was able to come up with just off the top of my head. See, our world has a wide view of sex. There is a wide range of sex available in our world. And did you know the Bible has a whole lot of sex in it too? Literally, the Bible is full of sex. So to help us understand God's big picture about sex, we're going to turn to a rather challenging book of the Bible, Leviticus. Now, to say Leviticus is difficult is an understatement. There are animal sacrifices, obscure cultural rules, seemingly random prohibitions. It's a tough read. Leviticus is the book where read through the Bible in a year goes to die. Okay. But in order to understand Leviticus, we have to understand the purpose God's purpose behind this book. So here's the short version. Before Leviticus, the Israelites were a slave race in Egypt. God freed them from, through Moses and told them that they were going to be a kingdom of priests, a holy nation, and a blessing from others. How do you go from a slave race to a holy nation? Leviticus, the law. 
You see, the law, which was mostly given in the book of Leviticus, was basic training for spiritual transformation. It was one gigantic living object lesson about how sinful people can live with a holy God. And one of those ways was with their sexuality. So today we're going to turn to Leviticus 18. It's a fairly infamous chapter about sex. There are more verses about sex in 18 and then in chapter 20. More verses about sex than anywhere else in the entire law between those two chapters. And we're going to take a look at it. So we're going to start with verse 1. We're going to start at the beginning because God explains why he's giving so many verses about sex. So let's start with verse 1. The Lord said to Moses, speak to the Israelites and say to them, I am the Lord your God. You must not do as they do in Egypt, where you used to live. And you must not do as they do in the land of Canaan, where I am bringing you. Do not follow their practices. You must obey my laws and be careful to follow my decrees. I am the Lord your God. Keep my decrees and laws, for the person who obeys them will live by them. I am the Lord. So God said, God told the Israelites, do not live like the nations around you. Do not live like the people who do not have a relationship with me. You are to be different. You are to be set apart. You are to be holy. And then he gets into some details. So hold on to your hats. No one is to approach any close relative to have sexual relations. I am the Lord. Do not honor your father by having sexual relations with your mother. She is your mother. Do not have relations with her. Do not have sexual relations with your father's wife. That would dishonor your father. Do not have sexual relations with your sister, either your father's daughter or your mother's daughter, whether she was born in the same home or elsewhere. Do not have sexual relations with your son's daughter or your daughter's daughter. That would dishonor you. Do not have sexual relations with the daughter of your father's wife, born to your father. She is your sister. Do not have sexual relations with your father's sister. She is your father's close relative. Do not have sexual relations with your mother's sister because she is your mother's close relative. Do not dishonor your father's brother by approaching his wife to have sexual relations. She is your aunt. Do not have sexual relations with your daughter-in-law. She is your son's wife. Do not have relations with her. Do not have sexual relations with your brother's wife. That would dishonor your brother. Do not have sexual relations with both a woman and her daughter. Do not have sexual relations with either her son's daughter or her daughter's daughter. They are her close relatives. That is wickedness. Do not take your wife's sister as a rival wife and have sexual relations with her while your wife is still living. Do not approach a woman to have sexual relations during the uncleanness of her monthly period. Do not have sexual relations with your neighbor's wife and defile yourself with her. Do not give any children to be sacrificed to Molech, a foreign god, for you must not profane the name of, the, of your god. I am the Lord. Do not have sexual relations with a man as one does with a woman. That is detestable. Do not have sexual relations with an animal and defile yourself with it. A woman must not present herself to an animal to have sexual relations with it. That is a perversion. Whew. <laughs> 
That is a whole lot of don't have sex like this. <laughs> in fact, in one chapter, in one book of the entire Bible, God gave 20 forms of sexual activity that the Israelites should never engage in. What are we to make of this? What are we to make of this? Well, when I first read this chapter back in seminary, I was overwhelmed by a single idea. This thought consumed me for days. I couldn't shake it. And this idea changed completely how I thought about sex and the Bible. That thought was this. God has a narrow view of sex. God has a narrow view of sex. Now, let's set aside all the specifics, all the things racing through your head right now. Well, he didn't say anything about, about sleeping together before marriage. What about fooling around? What about living, to, living together? What about sex in, in movies and TV? What about gay marriage? What about this? What about that? Put all of that aside. Ignore it for a moment. And wrap your head around this. That God has a narrow view of sex. You can't really talk about, you can't really understand what his narrow view is until you acknowledge and understand that God has a narrow view of sex. And today we're not even going to get into any of the details. We're going to talk about those in coming weeks. Because this foundational truth is what everything else needs to be built on. God has a narrow view of sex. See, the Israelites lived in a world with a wide view of sex. Sound familiar? Our world today has a wide view of sex. And everything in it is telling you that you, too, should have a wide view of sex. See, the message we get is that we can use and engage in all kinds of sexual activity for any number of reasons. Here are just a few of the possible reasons we use any form of sexual activity. Procreation, pleasure, stress relief, love, humor, entertainment, empowerment, curiosity, control, and escape. Those are all ways we use sexual activity in any one of its forms. So let me ask you, how do you use sexual activity? 
Guys, do you use sex in TV and movies as entertainment? Or, or maybe it's, it's, the, it's the sexual jokes and, and those movies that you love and you laugh at and you enjoy. Ladies, do you Instagram that picture up of you looking all dolled up for a night out and there's a part of you that feels affirmed and empowered when people are like, hey, hey, you look sexy, you're hot, you look beautiful. And that feeds your desire to be beautiful. Dating couples. Do you, do you take sex as a way to express love and connection that it gives? Wives, do you withhold sex as a means of control or punishment? Guys and gals, do you watch porn for the pleasure, for the escape, for the stress relief, or even out of curiosity? There are as many different reasons why we use sex as there are ways to use sex. So it all comes down to this question. Do you have a wide or narrow view of sex? Do you have a wide or narrow view of sex? We have to understand that. We have to ask ourselves that before we can understand anything else. So why is this so important? Why is this so important? Because, see, we're like the Israelites. We are still a sinful people trying to live with a holy God. And God's call for us still is the same as it was for them. Do not live like the people who don't have a relationship with me. You are to be different. You are to be set apart. You are to be holy. That call has not changed in 4,000 years. And when it comes to our sexuality, that begins with a narrow view of sex.